Log Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Winchester Radio this evening. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, episode 21 of the seventh season titled Reading is Fundamental. Um, you can uh, listen to our podcast live on blogtalkradio.com, Media Boulevard. Just search for Media Boulevard. You can uh, also, I believe, download it from there. You can subscribe and download it from iTunes. You can always go to our website, winchesterbros.com, and click on the Winchester Radio icon, and it will take you to Blog Talk Radio. And you can always find uh, links and news uh, about the podcast and all about Supernatural on both our Facebook and Twitter, which is Winchester Bros. Um, tonight, we have a very special guest from last night's episode. Uh, we have Osric Chow, who played Kevin Tran. And we're just going to get started talking to him. So welcome, Osric. Thank you for doing uh, uh, the podcast. Thanks for having me. Great. Um, so you have to tell us, how did you get the role of Kevin? Uh, this this was very interesting, actually. I was on the way back to L.A. from Beijing. And um, I always stop through Vancouver every time I go to North America. And I was there for about a week and my agents just told me to extend my trip for, you know, another two days just to make this audition. And so I changed my ticket, and it cost me like 600 bucks. And and at that point, I was just like, okay, I'm going to make this audition totally worth it. And I spent an enormous amount of time preparing this Kevin Tran character. When I went in, you know, Ben was there, and Jim, one of the producers, was there. And I guess it, everything just happened the way I... But it was, and it went really well. I went to L.A., was planning to be there for three months, and two days later I was uh, I got a phone call telling me that I got the job, so I was back in Vancouver within this, by the fifth day. And it's been pretty pretty awesome show to work on. Mm-hmm. Were you familiar with the show before you got the role? Uh I mean, I've heard of it. I mean, I know about the show. I have a lot of friends that watch it. But I've been living in in Asia for the last three years, and TV shows are kind of – it's hard to just watch it. You have to – when you watch it, you just buy a whole box set and you go into it. And so I haven't really gotten around to Supernatural. But I actually started watching it – I mean, as soon as I got the job, I started watching some episodes, and it's actually kind of addicting – I got my mom started on it, and it's the only English show that she watches now, which is kind of funny. How cool! Yeah, she likes yeah she likes ghost shows, and Supernatural just had all the all the elements that she liked in a show. So mm-hmm. she actually asked me to to put it on for. Her. Oh, that mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah, and it'll keep you busy for a while because we're on say season seven now, the end of season seven. So that's a well over. 140-some episodes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I have a lot to catch up on. I just hope, you know, I can make time to to catch up on it all. There's so much backstory and history to, to go on. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll, it'll take a while, I'm sure. Probably the whole summer. <laughs> <laughs> Since you didn't watch it before, did did you get like a, like a summary so you kind of know where Kevin fit into the story arc of the season, because he does have a very important part. 
Yeah, they. I mean, they gave me the the lowdown of the Leviathan story arc, and and I got to read the tablet, and so that kind of you know explained some of it too. And I mean, I I think it's 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 not as necessary for Kevin to know what's going on because he is thrown into that situation. So I didn't want to look too far into it as well because it just. You know, I'm I'm put into this crazy situation with all these supernatural things, and so that kind of it helps that I didn't know actually. You got to work with so many big names from the show: Jared and Jensen, of course, and Misha as Castiel, and Rachel Miner as Meg. You know, they've all been in the show, you know, so much. Um, as the new guy, what was it like coming in and working with all of those actors? You know what? The, I, I'm going to say this. It applies to the crew as well. I wasn't. They they threw a lot of jokes. It was a really fun set. And at at first, I I couldn't tell if everyone was joking or not. You know, you know they're making fun of everybody, and it's you know it's all playful. Now I know it's playful, but at the time I couldn't tell if they were joking. And it's you know it's that awkward moment where you don't know if you should laugh or or if that might offend. <laughs> so I was pretty. I was trying to like just blend into the walls the first day, um, but everyone's super cool on that show. I mean, Jared. The first day I worked with him, we were doing that chase scene, and um, right at the end there, he just he gets a call, and his his wife is in labor, and he's like, "I'm so sorry, I don't usually do this, but I I have to leave. Very nice to meet you." So that was uh that was the first day with Jared. Uh, but wow, yeah, yeah. There's absolutely no com- you know no complaints about it anyone or anything on the show. It's just been an amazing experience from start to finish. That scene with the chase, uh, Sam chasing Kevin, I laughed and laughed and laughed. It was hilarious. <laughs> that was, I think that was my, my favorite scene. Uh, shoot, just because, I mean, it was the first one. No one really, I mean, I'm I'm a decent runner. I used to do track in high school and you know, everyone's like, okay, we're going to have to pace this out so that, you know, he doesn't catch up to you so fast. But, yeah, I guess I surprised him and just went for it. And it was just, I know, it was it was a good first setup for me just to really get out all that nervous energy I had coming onto this show with all these new people, you know, trying to be comfortable with it all. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, that's a memorable scene for me for sure. Oh, and, and the, the baby coming, that was... That's pretty big too. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you only got to film with Jared one day, and then the baby came, and so then he's gone for a few days. Well, it was great timing because the baby that came on a that was a Friday, and so he had the weekend um, for the baby to come. The baby came. Was it Saturday? The baby came like in two days. Maybe I forget if it was a Saturday or the Monday. Maybe it was the Monday. But he uh he took a day off and the you know, the producers were amazing and just worked it out with him with the shooting schedule and uh and yeah, he was back on Tuesday. And so Oh wow. Yeah, when when we saw him on Tuesday he was uh he was a daddy. It was just, you know, a, great to see him come in and you know, everyone congratulating him. It really is like a big family on set. Oh cool. Yeah. Now, I, um, do you actually play the cello, or were you just, you know, kind of pretending there at the beginning? That was the hardest scene I've ever had to do on any show, <laughs> on any <laughs> film. 
Uh, no, no, I do not play the cello. I I practiced as much as I could. I listened to the song like probably 150 times. They had a celloist come in and and show me all the proper techniques and stuff. But it was, you know, the fact is when I tried to play, it just didn't sound like that song. <laughs> 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 it wasn't even close. And I, uh-huh. I mean, everyone was like, oh, it really doesn't matter. They're going to make it look like it. But I don't know. It's just, I mean, as an actor, it's like I can't, I'm, yes, this is the only time I'm really acting where I'm pretending that the squealing I'm making is music. <laughs> and that was just terrible for me. But, I mean... Oh. Can you play any instrument at all? Yeah, I, I started off with piano when I was younger, and then I, I did play the violin for a bit, clarinet, uh, recorder, drums. I did a lot of stuff growing up just because my mom kind of put me into everything. Uh, but I, yeah, I got out of it early enough that I don't remember any of it now. <laughs> well, you did a great job because it looked very real. Mm-hmm. I tried, mm-hmm. and Ben definitely helped out with <laughs> telling me what, what exactly <laughs> he needed to see, so <laughs> thank him for that. Have you seen the finished episode, or, or mostly finished? Um, the, the finished episode of Reading of Sunday Yeah, Yes, yeah, I mean, did you see it, have you seen it complete? Did you watch ah, it yes, last I, night? Yeah, I, I watched it last night, so. Oh, yeah, well, that was... was I, I thought the cello playing over also the scene where Sam and Dean are are coming into the hideout and doing research at the same time. I thought it was really cool to use that you're playing as the background to their scene. And then it goes into Kevin gets activated as a prophet. How was it doing that with the lightning striking? How did you? That was a great scene to shoot. Just to to see the explosions and the. The cannons go off and the thunder. It was, uh, they had me up on this harness and it was, I had a choice between two different harnesses. One was a very supportive back brace, but it, it was really bulky and I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to hide it underneath the shirt. And so I opted to go with the other one, which is, well, it wasn't anything. It was just like on a back pad and it kind of wrapped around um, my body and it just hung me up. And that was very uncomfortable after the first hour. I was, I mean, I, it wasn't comfortable to begin with, but I was having trouble breathing by the end of it. And it just, they hung me up there. And I, there wasn't even a time for rest, like from the beginning of the scene, because they kind of stopped me there. But it was, that was a very physically demanding scene. Um, and the cannons was just crazy. I mean, they actually blasted me with, with all this fake glass and stuff. So it I know it all happened really fast, and I don't remember much happening because I just fell down. But I know it was it was pretty cool, and watching the playback on that was just intense. it was unreal just to see that. I know that you've done a lot of stunt work in your past. Did that kind of help you with you know with that scene and the wires and everything? Uh, yeah, I did. I think as the stunt work and the martial arts training I've done, it's all, it always kind of finds its way back into um, any of the roles I've done. I mean, I don't, I've only done one martial arts, well, one martial arts movie as a martial artist. And so I haven't really 
needed it heavily, but there's a lot of, like, these wire rigs and stuff. Um, like, the running scene, they had a, a dad, dead man's cable on me where I just run, and the cable runs out of slack, and it just pulls me down to the ground. Like, a lot of these things an, an actor usually wouldn't do, but, I mean, I, I love this stuff, so it's, you know, anytime I get an opportunity to do my own stunts, I do it, and it allows the the you know, the filmmakers, the director, to kind of shoot it in a different way because they don't need to hide um, my face or anything or a stunt double's face. So I always enjoy doing that stuff, and it's a lot of fun. So the training definitely comes in handy that you can do it yourself. You had a lot of emotions that you went through, like there's the disbelief what's going on, and later on in the episode you have a full breakdown. Um, How was it transitioning for all the different emotions? Uh, I mean, it, so, I mean, obviously, first time you see all these things appear popping out of everywhere, you know, you're, you're going to freak out. And I think Kevin, Kevin's a really high-strung character, so he's not, you know, he's not used to surprises. Everything is goes according to plan. You know, he, he has uh, these goals for school, you know, and he's always met them in terms of, you know, his grades and marks and getting us to wherever. So, Coming into this this world where he has absolutely no control, you know, it, it's very daunting. And you know, as he kind of gets used to that, you know, by the end of by that freakout scene, it's just it all kind of comes back to him at how you know how crazy this is and how little he can do about it, which is why he freaks out later on. Does that make sense? <laughs> Yeah, you did a great job in not overselling it. It's just the right amount, and it's very believable. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> one of, the, uh, one of the, our followers actually tweeted that they love it when you do the shouting, what is happening, said, was so hilarious and freaking awesome. Go, man, you're awesome. Yeah, I lost my voice in that scene. <laughs> we did it a few times. The first time I did it, the whole crew just burst out laughing, too. I just... <laughs> We had to do it again, but yeah, it was just you know I just went for it, and and they're like, oh yeah, keep keep it at that level. And by the end of it, I was just yeah, I was, my voice was gone completely. It, it was very realistic because I think you know if I you know been suddenly plopped down in the middle of that kind of situation, I probably would have been doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean a lot has happened. Coming out with these angel blades, you know. Things keep popping out. Dean comes in with, I don't know what, this weird spell that zaps. I mean, a lot happens in that scene. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought it, it was justified, so I went for it. <laughs> yeah, we're so used to Supernatural and seeing all this stuff every week. We're almost used to crazy things, but it's nice to have a scene from the perspective of someone that's totally and completely new to and have they have no clue about anything and they're doing those exact things you know freaking out i thought uh kevin's mom was actually remarkably calm at the end when kevin and two angels just pop up in her kitchen (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I guess that makes sense yeah i know what i don't know what you mean I mean, I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> That's all. Like, he just pops back out of thin air. I guess you just don't care. You know, you're just glad to have your son back. It's just funny. 
I think so. Yeah, I, I haven't thought about that. But yeah, I, I mean, a grieving mother, son comes back. Mm-hmm. You put everything into your son. Maybe, yeah, maybe everything mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. See I what you want to see. Okay. Mm-hmm. The hyperventilating scene. Everybody seems to love that. Someone actually asked, "How did you manage to make hyperventilating so endearing?" Um, was it was it hard? Because I've heard other actors, you know, when they're having to do the breathing and everything, that it actually makes them lightheaded. So was it hard to do that scene? Uh, yeah, got a little dizzy um, throughout <laughs> throughout that scene. It, it is, I mean, you are hypoventilating. It's just you you breathe a lot harder, and your body eventually kind of kicks into that mode where it, it does it on its own. But uh, I know I just I did it. Head got a little lightheaded, and just try to blurt out my lines <laughs> in the way I prepared. But I know I that I really like that scene, especially Dean's um, Dean's speech there. It was just mm-hmm. yeah, it was really nice. I think for his character. Yeah, it, it was a really good scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that scene also had my favorite line, which is. Where you're going, is this a sex torture dungeon? This is a sex torture dungeon. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> what, what, what was your, uh, what, how, you know, did you like that line? Was uh, What was your favorite line? My favorite line, it was a sex torture dungeon, and but now it's the, um, I'm in advanced placement, because that's, they threw that around yeah. set, like the rest of the episode. They keep telling me that every time I go in for an ADR session. They they just throw that line around. So it's kind of <laughs> one of those jokes now. I'm Kevin Tron. I'm in advanced placement. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even begin to explain it, and that's why it's 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 so funny. And I like when Dean says, "Well, wh- you know what what is that?" He you know he doesn't say who is he just says, "What is that?" And he said, "It's it's Kevin Tran. <laughs> He's in advanced yeah. placement." Even Sam did. It's just hilarious. <laughs> How is it working with like Nisha in in the car scene? And he just pops in. The cast just pops in, and and again freaks out poor Kevin, and oh. then he oops his nose. <laughs> Nisha's hilarious to work with. I mean, he's, he's... If you've been to the conventions, you know, he's he's like that. He's a little eccentric. He's, you know, he loves to joke around like everyone else. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't... Because I didn't watch the show before, it, it was really weird because all this stuff he was doing, it's like, really? This this is happening. He's, he's booping my nose. I was trying to make sense of it. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't a comedy. How is this? Why does this make sense? And then, you know, you figure out that he's crazy, where his character is crazy. And, like, I know, like, his character, especially because everything he was doing in that episode is just so weird. And I was like, oh my God, this is a crazy situation as it is. And this guy's even crazier. <laughs> so, I mean, apart from that, working with him was, you know, a lot of fun. He was just a really cool guy to hang out with. I mean, everyone is. So. Mhm. What was his calling you hot potato? Was that it? Was that scripted, or did he just come up with that? Uh, that was scripted. That came out of Ben's head. <laughs> hot potato. <laughs> that was. I like that line. Yeah. <laughs> were there any Were there any lines that you were able to ad lib or change? Uh, 
No, not really. I, ben had a really good sense of it, and you know, when it, when I read it, I I could totally imagine how I would would say every line, and it all made sense to me. So I, it really didn't feel like I needed to add anything. And Kevin character really doesn't talk all that much. I mean, you, if you're put into that kind of situation, I I would observe more than more than anything. I think so. It really didn't feel like I needed to add too much. Now, Ben Edlund wrote that episode and he directed it. You know, a couple questions about that. One, how was it like, you know, having Ben as a director? He's, you know, he's one of the favorites of Supernatural fandom. Everybody loves Ben. And also, what was it like having the director also be the writer? <laughs> I I loved working with Ben, honestly. He's, and they all say this, he's like this crazy mad scientist of a writer um but he you know he has this weird vocabulary it's like okay we got this lens on it we'll do that woozy wazzly thing and he'll, he'll make all these weird noises and stuff and you know sometimes people look at him like like i'm looking at castiel it's like what is this guy talking about you know but his ideas and you know the story he puts together is just i know it's so great and so you you can't really you don't really question him either but you know it's that that weird balance of this guy actually came up with that and you know he did so it was it was weird but it was absolute pleasure working with him being on set with him he was you know i had a lot of uh, chats with him just asking him about you know his writing style when i found out he did the tick i i went crazy because i used to watch that <laughs> show when i was a kid <laughs> oh I did too. I loved it. Spoon. <laughs> he did also it was, um, Angel and Buffy. Did you Buffy? He did Angel and some Firefly too. He did Angel too. and Firefly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it, um, was him being the writer and the director, was it easier, like, for, you know, maybe you didn't change words, but, like, other people in the scene, um, other actors, you know, say, you know, Hey, you know this scene. This line might be better, and you know since he's a writer and director, you know right there you could fix it. Oh yeah, I mean there is, so you know a few people had a few suggestions, you know where it could have been tighter, but he he would make a lot of changes on the fly, and it's like oh actually that doesn't work, take that out, or you know add this in. So we did do some impromptu stuff, but it was very minor. Um, but, yeah, I mean, usually for the other episodes that I've done, the the writer has always been there, too. So I think it's a, you know, we always have that dynamic anyways if something needs to be changed or added. And, yeah, Ben just kind of did it on his own. Um, uh, I was wondering, do you know, uh, without, you know, did you know that your character was going to be such a major part of the show's mythology? I know you said, you know, you had to catch up with some episodes, but did did they tell you beforehand, okay, this guy, he's going to be a major part? I had no idea. And I had, I mean, I had no idea about a lot of things. I had no idea about it. the fan base. You guys are amazing. <laughs> I had no <laughs> idea about I pretty much, I was, you know, it was like a completely blank slate. All I knew was show show in seventh season, which means that's a pretty successful show and it's a kind of like a horror sci-fi thing. That's all I really knew about Supernatural. I mean, I had some friends that were on it, but 
you know, apart from that, no, it was a three three episode arc for an Asian prophet character. Could have been anything. So, no, I had no idea. But as soon as I read that first script, I'm like, ah, oh, this is kind of cool. And it was <laughs> it was a really fun character to play. How was the role described when? Um you were auditioning for it, how did they describe the role? Because we know some of the other actors, like Richard Spate, he, his character was a trickster, and he was to- just told that it was he was a janitor. Uh, uh, no, our, for, for the Kevin Tron role, it was pretty much exactly as as it was. You know, it's, um, let's say, Asian prophet. <laughs> Could be male or female. He is... Um, super involved with his SCTs or something, but he gets zapped by lightning and and he becomes a prophet. A reluct, un, uh, yeah, a reluctant prophet. I think that's about all I got. How do you research being a prophet? <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> being a football player, but it's like, you know, I mean, it's such a curious thing and, and there's, you're actually not the first prophet on Supernatural. Your character's not the first profit did you yeah I, I, I heard about that everyone's telling me that it's like i'm sorry i'm sorry kevin everyone is saying i'm sorry osric i'm sorry osric you're a prophet like the first day and i wasn't again there's one, another one of those things i wasn't sure and that whether or not they're ki- kidding because apparently prophets <laughs> and guest stars all die <laughs> <laughs> so, yes on this show means nothing so they also said that <laughs> <laughs> I asked the first conversation with Castell. He's like, I'm like, wait, I'm like, I saw this clip online and you died. He's like, why are you here? <laughs> He's like, oh, I've died like five times already. <laughs> <laughs> All of the main That's characters the- have died at least twice, so. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, yeah, has- not. Hmm? Sorry? Steve has died thousands of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not afraid of, of Kevin dying anymore. It's. It'll, it'll be cool to see how, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm I'm not sure. And the last prophet on the show, Chuck, um, he turned out to be God. So, you, you know, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could ever represent God. That, that just seems like a, a lot of pressure. <laughs> a lot to live up to, absolutely. That's done so <laughs> Was there anything cut from the show that wasn't actually shown in the episode last night? Um, very little, actually. I mean, from this, from the scenes that, um, we shot, there was actually, yeah, I don't think I don't think they really cut off anything. It was all there. They even, you know, added some some other stuff. Um, the chase scene was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. It was. Yeah, it was pretty much exactly as scripted. And the the gag reels are always very popular with everybody every year. Um, was there anything filmed that you maybe think might turn up on the gag reels? Oh, probably not. I I definitely tried my best not to not to stand out like a sore thumb. Again, everyone was. <laughs> The first day especially, it was like I couldn't tell if they were being mean or if they were just trying to bring me into the family. So I just, you know, I, re- I was really careful not to screw up on anything. 
I was like as stiff as a board the first few days. And um, <laughs> no, I, I I don't think so. Not unless unless they were filming when I didn't know they were filming, which <laughs> I I don't think so. Highly possible. Oh, actually, yeah. Sorry, there's yeah. Um, the first attempt at at um at the at the clothesline when Meg kind of pops me after the chase scene. Uh, my first attempt, I just kind of fell on my face instead of the other way. Maybe that. <laughs> I just slipped. It was really slippery. It was. It rained earlier. Uh, I was looking through um, your bio on IMDb and everything. It says that you were um, born in Vancouver, um, but I know that you spent a lot of time, like in Beijing, you've mentioned. So, you know, do you um, do you do most of your filming in Vancouver or in Beijing? I don't know if I can say I've done most of anything anywhere. I mean, Vancouver was where I was born and raised, and it's it's where I started off as. Um, I guess an entertainer, stunts, acting, that's where my agents are based. My first big project was actually shot in China, and it was because I was training martial arts at the Beijing Sports University at the time. So I was training martial arts. My agents asked me to put this demo reel online, or just like a 30-second demo of what I could do in martial arts. And I've been training for about eight years at the time, and I was doing this full-time for like six months when they asked me, like eight hours a day, seven days a week. And so when I put something together, they kind of, they freaked out because uh, they didn't, I guess they didn't expect it because, you know, every Asian actor kind of has kung fu or martial arts on their resume. And I did too, but I was, you know, I, I took it to, it, it was, <laughs> it was an obsession for me. And so when I put that together and showed them, they, yeah, they went crazy for it and they sent it to, everywhere and I ended up getting my first job which was a kung fu movie where I carried most of the action and um, and then I did 2012 which was in Vancouver but after that I just kind of started flying around I went I moved to Beijing in 2010 did a few projects in in China Hong Kong Shanghai um, and then I got this lead role in um, in the States and I shot a movie in Cleveland and then it's been back and forth between Vancouver, LA, and Beijing since. So it, I can't. There, there isn't really any regularity right now. It's been kind of like a long journey for the last four years, and it hasn't really settled yet. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm waiting for that to happen. Right now, it seems like I'm going to be in Vancouver a little bit longer than I expected. With all the traveling you go for different roles, what do you consider to be home? Where Where is home for you? Vancouver will always be home. I mean, regardless of how long I've been away, my my whole family's there. You know, it's that will always be home. I rent a place in Beijing, and that you know, it's kind of like a second home. And I do spend a lot of time in LA on my friend's couch, so that couch is home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it really, uh, no, the Vancouver, I would say, Vancouver mm-hmm. will probably always be home because it's the same house, like. That I'm staying. It's my parents' house, and we've been there since before I was born. So it's kind of, it's always been there. It's one of those never-changing things in life when everything's chaos. Mm-hmm. What, uh, which martial arts disciplines do you study? Uh, so I specialized in wushu, which uh, 
It's mm-hmm. a Chinese performance martial arts, what Jet Li kind of made. Well, he he was known for doing wushu, and mm-hmm. that's that's what I did all my training in. But you know, as um, when I was looking into stunts, I kind of branched off and started picking up everything. So I I tried a little bit of every martial art. And once you kind of have a good grasp on one one thing, it kind of it translates really easily to others. So it was really easy mm-hmm. to pick up other styles after that. Mhm. Oh. And do you have a preference as far as doing like series work versus movies, or is it all just a different kind of fun to you? I'm up for a challenge. This was the first TV thing that I've done in a very long time, so it was a little bit shocking at how how fast they were moving. But I kind of got into stride, you know, after a few days in, and I know I, I guess I like a challenge. It really doesn't matter what what media, what platform it's done on. I I like to play different characters. You know, I like to I like to challenge myself. I guess which is one of the reasons why I got into this industry is a, you know a routine regularity kind of it scares me because I know I know what's coming. I like surprises, and so I try to do. As, as much as I can and, you know, as many different things, different categories, you know, it doesn't have to be acting. Filmmaking is my biggest hobby. So, you know, I'll try sound, I'll try camera, I'll try editing, try writing. So pretty much anything as long as I get a creative outlet out of it. And, you know, I like mm-hmm. to think outside the box. So just, you know, playing around with that. Cool. Do you prefer drama, comedy, science fiction, fantasy, or just whatever looks good? For I can I can always watch a comedy. No matter what mood I'm in, if I'm you know happy, I'm angry, I'm sad. No matter what mood, I can always watch a comedy. For if I'm making something, I think I I prefer shooting dramas. Like if I was mm-hmm. a director or something, I prefer shooting dramas. Acting. Mm-hmm. I'm up for absolutely anything. You know, just yeah, challenge me. You know, give me a character mm-hmm. as funny as fun with that. Put me in the situation and I'll just, you know, I'll work with it. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it really it really depends on I guess the people involved as well because mm-hmm. you know, it's a collaboration, so you can't really do it on your own. Mhm. You mentioned that you had been told about the supernatural fans and everything. Have they mentioned to you, um, I guess maybe they told you about how we, once you're in the supernatural family, you're there to stay. Um, you know, we're always we're always going to be here supporting you and everything. Had they mentioned to you anything about maybe con- the supernatural conventions or anything? Yeah, and Jared was telling me about that stuff. He's like, oh, you should tell me. It's like, be receptive. When they call you, be receptive. This is what Jared was telling me. He says, you know, it's one of those it's absolutely insane, but you know we we go to so many of these things, and you know they you know these fans you 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 get to know them by name, and he starts listing on all these like all all of you guys that he remembers by name he's like hi 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 and he's and he's like, yeah, it's just it's weird because you see the same people and you know you you get to know them, and they kind of become like friends it's you know he was just explaining to me the the entire convention thing, and I've been to a few conventions you know as a fan. And I don't know. <laughs> so it's kind of daunting to to think of it <laughs> on the other side for a while. <laughs> yeah, but I I, need, I think it's definitely something I 
I would totally look forward to. I mean, just being able to, you know, get that that feedback and you know, always trying to improve and I don't know, just seeing what I don't know. I honestly I, I don't really have any expectations of the conventions or any idea of what it looks like or what it might be, but it sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> All three of us have been to conventions, and all three of us have been to supernatural conventions, and they're a lot of fun. You get to do panels where the fans ask you questions, and then you have your photo ops and your autographs, and yeah, we would, you know, we'll have to start a Twitter campaign or something to get mm-hmm. you invited to conventions. Oh, yeah. that'd be wonderful. <laughs> and with supernatural conventions, there's also like cocktail parties, there's karaoke. It's it's a big like weekend long party basically. So yep. it's a whole lot of fun. <laughs> and they do one in Vancouver, Chicago, um, Las Vegas, uh, Dallas, Toronto. Actually the last one in Toronto. There's one That's a lot weekend. of places I haven't been. <laughs> there's there's one this weekend in Rio de Janeiro. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, they were telling me they were uh who is it? I think is it Mark? Is it either Mark or, or Jensen or both that are they're going to that one? Yeah, I remember Jared, telling him. Jared's there. Mark Pellegrino's there. Uh, Richard Spate, Jim Michaels. I think Mark Shepard, too. I'm not sure. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody was in Rome last weekend. They did one in Rome, and they've done them in London or England, um, Australia. So, yeah. A lot of options. <laughs> so, like Jared said, be receptive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've only heard good things. You know, it's I'm kind of I'm pretty excited for that stuff. Mm-hmm. How was it working with David Carradine, Kung Fu Killer? Okay. Uh, <laughs> That if you don't was, want to talk, yes, that's okay. I'm, <laughs> no, like, no, no I, I can. Sh- I mean, I can share. He, I mean, he was a really, he was a cool guy, in his own way. He was um, mm-hmm. <sighs> kind of a character. I mean, okay, he, he was very much a character, very, very much a character. And you know, this was really my first kind of a project, like really big project in a big role. And you know, it was it was pretty intimidating. Uh, for a lot of things. And David, first thing, I've, I've never seen someone smoke or drink so much, ever. And when I say that, I mean, I've never, I didn't think, I don't think I've seen him without a cigarette or, or a drink in his hand at any point, including mm-hmm. while, during shooting, like during the scene, which was pretty amazing. <laughs> but apart from that, you know, he was, you know, he was really, he enjoyed life. You know, he definitely enjoyed his life. And, you know, when I heard that he might have suicide, I'm like, no way, that that's not possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he was he was definitely a, a character. And, you know, for for his age, he was like seven, in his 70s at the time. He was still jumping around, you know, kicking ass. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it was pretty impressive to see him moving around, like uh, the way he did. Mm-hmm. And, and he played the piano a lot. You know, he was a... Uh, Still, ladies, man. He was in the lounge of the hotel playing piano, and you know everyone's crowding around. He'd sing out ballads. It was pretty cool. Um, but then there are the, you know, there are random nights where, 
near the end of it, the the makeup and the pollution had these major breakouts. Now, I went up to his hotel room, you know, just uh, we're just saying bye, and he he started rubbing this weird. He called it an elixir. <laughs> he started rubbing it all over my face. I didn't know what to do, so I just I waited for it to stop. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's one for your your like autobiography someday. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, he did it with the the best of intentions. Right? You know, it's it was just really odd. Do you have any idea what was in it? Yeah, <laughs> well, no. There was. I'm sure ginseng was in it. He said there were over 140 ingredients in there. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, it was purplish brown. Interesting. <laughs> and he was drinking at the time. Oh, he was drinking it too. So yeah, I don't. Oh, wow. That was yeah. That's one of the memories I have of David. But he was a cool guy to hang around. You know, just mm-hmm. uh, he had a lot of stories. Great storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a never a dull moment. <laughs> no, really. He was he was the life of the party. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Now this well, may guess... be a silly, this may be a silly question, but. When the um, the tablet, it was broken, and then when Kevin sees it and, you know, he basically puts it back together, was that a visual effect or was that like a practical effect? How was that done? Uh, from what I saw, uh, I mean, so I had, there were there are two pieces, and I just put them together, and that kind of fit. Um, but the cut, basically, I think they just put like a sliver of of light there. So that's visual effect, and then they just cut right away to to the unbroken piece. So it was just it was like a really quick cut that kind of sold it and a little oh. bit of light. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I was wondering if they got the pieces like a puzzle put back together, or you know. I mean, yeah, it fit really well, and I, I, you know, I tried to put it right there as as smoothly as I could. So I mean, it did fit, and you really couldn't see a seam if you just held it together, and then they just blurred it out or they put that light on it and then just cut to the the unbroken one. So yeah, they did pretty good on that one. <laughs> the car scene where you're in the back seat with um Meg and with Castiel and Sam and Dean are driving, how long does a scene like that take to film? That one took maybe five Four, four hours, maybe? It was like half a day. Um, and then we had to do a pickup because we actually did that scene without, um, without Jared because he, he was having the baby. And so we went back and we shot that scene with um, on his side. So if you, if you watch it, you can kind of... I don't know if you can tell, but you'll never see him with... Well, you might because they, they actually had some of us in there later on. But we did our scene without Jared originally. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a good amount of coverage. I mean, yes, because everyone talks and Castile moves, so there's a few setups. I'd say half a day on that kind of scene. And I was noticing in the you were talking about filming the scene without Jared actually there, and the scene where um, where you're doing the what's happening, and um, but before you start screaming when the angels and Castiel are all having their talk and the camera would go to Jared, um, it looks like it was 
you know, his hair and everything looked different. Was that filmed at two different times? Was he not actually there when you filmed that scene? Uh, no, that scene he was there. That scene he was okay. there. It might have it might have been his his double. It maybe I I can't even remember. But his double looks remarkably like him. It's kind of creepy. Um, but it might it might have been his double if it wasn't him. But he was there for that for that scene. Um, um, actually, at the scene where it's the car, I watch it while we're doing the podcast. And yeah, the can it goes to Jared a couple times, but most of the time, yeah, you don't see him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty quiet in that scene, so it's just a few looks, I think. What was your favorite scene to film? Ooh, favorite scene to film. It hasn't shown yet. No, um, it's, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> for this episode, it was, um, I would say it was, a, it was the running scene. I mean, it's, you know, it was the first scene out of the gate and, you know, everything I said earlier, it was just, it was nice to get that one out and just, you know, be physical because, uh, you know, it just, it got out all the nervous energy that I had and it just, it felt pretty good. And the following bit was kind of fun even though my neck was kind of sore the next day. It was really fun. Well, um, I know that, you know, without spoiling anything, uh, I know that you're in next week's episode because Guy B was tweeting about it. So we're hoping to have Guy on our podcast next week. He always comes on whenever he directs an episode. You may have to just give us a call next week and tell us a bit more about it. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) I got a question for you guys. Uh, sure. So, okay. I, think, I mean, again, this is from from hearing all of these crazy stories about the fans, and you know, one of the things I'm I'm quite afraid of is disappointing the fans. Is there anything I should know or be aware of that will help me be like a better Kevin? And you know, what do the fans <laughs> want to see? <laughs> the main thing with us is be yourself as far as, like, interacting with us, we don't expect anything, to be honest. We don't have high expectations in a way, like, you don't have to be, like, a a monkey dancing for us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's good. I'm a terrible dancing monkey. (laughs) (laughs) As as Um, fanatic as we are, we're also pretty laid back. Yeah. And... You know, you have lots of uh, stories and very interesting answers. It's always a good thing with fans. Like, like if, like if, like you go to a convention and somebody asks you a, a question, to just kind of say, "Well, no, it wasn't," or "Yes, it was," and then that's it, which has happened at conventions I've been at. Um, and it's just great. It's like you take a question and then just go with it and tell a story and have some fun and have a little anecdotes with it. We love stuff like that. <laughs> so it's like, you know, the more you remember about filming, it's like it's like great tidbits about, oh, Jared, you know, the gut call about the baby in the middle of that scene. And we're like, oh, cool. You know, that's a fun thing for us to know. So, yeah, we love stuff like that. So. I'm so glad. You know, when, the first, like, the idea of what I heard of when I heard conventions, I saw this movie a long time ago called Trekkies. I don't know if you guys know that. But mm-hmm. it's about the Star Trek fans, and I guess some of them didn't really know that it was a TV show. I'm like, am I going to have to, like, pretend to be 
Kevin Tran for real. <laughs> so I had a lot of those questions. <laughs> and Jensen, I'm like, do you, do you go on those casts? Yeah. Like when, at these conventions, yeah. Answer all your questions like that. Do you boop your the audience noses and stuff? <laughs> Is, uh, I'm glad we don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. We, we, want to talk, we want to talk to Osric. We don't have to, you know, we don't want to talk to Kevin, you know. <laughs> yeah, we don't, That's we good because that means you're not crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, we did definitely know that there's an actor playing a role. <laughs> We're very aware of it. <laughs> yes. Misha's a little bit different, though. He likes, he at conventions, he doesn't ever actually outright answer the questions. He he always, he his panels are crazy. He just basically, mm. he's a smart ass for the whole panel. So that's yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like, like everything, there's, there's, you know, there's always a couple here and there that are kind of offbeat, you know, but but for the most part, every supernatural fan is, you know, has a life, has plenty of real life, you know, they're very aware and responsible, and just this is what they do for fun. It's like somebody who likes to go to football games or NASCAR or, or do whatever, it's just, you know, we enjoy it a lot, and it means a lot, and, and actually Superman's Supernatural fans are also very dedicated. We voted Supernatural several awards. We raise money for charities like no fandom I have ever seen. So I'm so impressed with the Supernatural fans. I, I got to be honest. Like it's to the fact you know I was talking to Sarah Gamble and some of the other like like execs and they're they read all your stuff. It's crazy. And I don't think I've seen any other show where they they really take that, you know, the the audience, the fans' responses, and they take that into consideration, you know, in high consideration, mm-hmm. too. It's not just, you know, they don't just blow it in the wind. It's like, oh, we know best. It's, so that's that's really cool, actually. And, yeah, I mean, I guess you guys have earned it. This is, you guys are an amazing fan base. I'll say mm-hmm. that. Thank you, yeah. And we're thrilled to have you as a new member of the Supernatural family. Thank you yeah. so much for having me. I'm happy to be part of it. <laughs> I've, I've seen everybody talk about how they just love Kevin Tran. They, you know, think he's a great character and just really great addition to the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I was honestly, I was really scared at, at, as to the reception. It's like, what if, what if they don't like me? That's that's gonna be terrible. And they're gonna. <laughs> I don't know. You can hear a lot about it, I guess. It is yeah. assuming difficult to come into something that's so established. And yes. like you said, just being on the edge of Chet being the new guy. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Because I had some friends that watched the show, and he was telling me, he's like, look, if I don't like your character, then tell you. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, really? And this is my friend, right? So it's... Yeah. It's funny, Supernatural fans are, in a good way, very proprietary about the characters, very protective. And and so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that your friend said that. You know, we, we tend to be, you know, kind of protective and, and, and all that. And actually, pretty much everybody in Supernatural is also very protective and knows their characters really well and cares, even after seven seasons, which is very cool. Nobody ever, I think, phones it in. And, you know, since, oh, I've been doing this for seven years, I don't have to really pay attention. But it seems like they, everybody takes such good good care 
either in front of the camera or behind the scenes and, and writing and all that. So, yeah. And you come in and it's, you know, you have um, a very substantial role, you know, a very important role. So, yeah, it's not just a simple one-shot character, you know. Of course, I think everybody's paying a little extra attention to your to Kevin. So, yeah. Not yeah. to be intimidating no, I, or anything. <laughs> I, I'm I'm definitely happy with the role and how you know I'm, I mean I'm looking forward to how the the story unfolds. You know I I kind of already forgot about all the epi- other episodes so I could watch it fresh. And yeah I'm I'm looking forward to next week. Kind of hooked on the show. So <laughs> yeah this will this will be a a good month I think. <laughs> I'll try very hard not to disappoint. I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> yeah, I I really don't see you disappointing us. I think uh, you and your character both are just adorable. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so aside from the upcoming episodes which you're in, do you have any other projects that you're working on right now? Or uh, yeah, I'm actually. I, the one project I'm working on, I um, can't really say anything about it, but uh, will be, I should be able to say something about it by Comic-Con. And um, that's a really exciting project that I will tell you guys at some point. Cool. That so, this are you saying you'll be at Comic-Con? Um, very, very likely. <laughs> it's not for Supernatural, for something else, or for both. Um, and it's, you know, I've always wanted to go to Comic-Con, so I'm, I'm totally excited to go. Even if I don't get called up, I think I'll probably go anyways, just because it's Comic-Con. Um, mm-hmm. I have uh, two movies coming out in October, and I just saw one of the posters. I mean, it, it's not out yet, but I was looking at some of the mock-ups, and they look pretty pretty good, so I'm pretty excited. So a movie called Fun Size, which is um, a Halloween comedy. And Man with the Iron Fist, which is an action movie that was done in China. So, yeah, both should be pretty, pretty good. I'm, I'm really excited to see both of them, which is, which is pretty cool because I don't usually like to see myself even watching Supernatural, anything else. It's, I don't know, it, it's weird. I, I still can't stand watching myself and hearing my own voice and. I know, I think everyone kind of gets that, but it's just not mm-hmm. one of the things I like to do. But, I'm, you know, I'm still looking forward to, to these movies coming up. Those sound really exciting. Yeah, we definitely look forward to hearing more about those. And you said mm-hmm. that um, you're, you're going to be at Comic-Con. Um, some of us may be there, so maybe we'll see you at Comic-Con. Oh, very possibly. The only reason why I might not go is if I'm working, so... Um, mm-hmm. But it's definitely something I, I totally want to go to. <laughs> and San Diego is just lovely, I hear. It Check is. Zero. I, I haven't been to Comic-Con, but I've been to San Diego, and it's, it's wonderful, very, very cool, very cool town with all sorts of things to do. And uh, I've had friends go to Comic-Con. It is just insane. <laughs> just insane and very tiring. <laughs> But, but they loved it. I'm going to check mm-hmm. out the Avengers booth or something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, Supernatural's been every year, or just about every year since they've been on? 
I believe so, yes. Mm-hmm. There was only the one year that Jared and Jensen didn't go to the panel, but other than that, you know, they've been there every year. Yeah, they're those guys are really good at at these conventions, and they love it. They love interacting with the fans. So it's yeah, they only had good things to say about it. Jared probably Jared's gonna pull out. Well, I don't. I don't think he's he's already made commitments to a few, but he's not gonna do as many this year because you know he's a he's a baby daddy. <laughs> so <laughs> so he's got to spend more time with the kid. Really yeah. cute baby, by the way. He brought him brought him on set. It was just. You know, hearing the awes everywhere. (laughs) 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 Pretty much. Just like that. (laughs) Well, I know that you have plans for the rest of the evening. I hate to let you go, but I know that you have somewhere else you need to be. That's Mm -hmm. right. It is Cinco de Mayo, and I got got a party that I need to um, share and get dressed for. So... Yes. Thank you so much well, for having me. It was uh, a pleasure. Fun. Yeah. Thank, Thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was my first podcast. It was a lot. It was a lot of fun. My, I think my oh, ear is really, really sweaty though. Like I can <laughs> feel my phone slip and slide and across. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird. I don't usually stay on the phone this long, but no, it's, it was really, it was really fun. Thanks for having me. You need a hand you Need headphones. <laughs> I'll have to do that. I haven't worn headphones since my event days, but <laughs> I'll bring back memories. You're welcome back to our podcast anytime. Yep. Thank you very much. And we're looking forward to seeing uh, what happens to Kevin. To Me too. I would love to find out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, he did a great have job. A and a very memorable character. You know, uh, right away. So, thanks a lot. All right. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed the last two episodes. And yeah, we'll we'll talk again soon. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Have a good night, guys. You too. You too. Have fun. Mm -hmm. Bye. Hey, Clarity. Yes. I'm gonna be text. I'm gonna text you a message here. So be watching for your text. Okay. 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 So what did you all think of the episode? I loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, Nice Mm -hmm. balance of humor with forward progression of the storyline, tying everything in together. Really, really good balance. Much um, funnier than I thought it was going to be, though. Yes, definitely. I'm not used to such heavy humor this late in the season. Um, what was that? I, I, I thought one little thing that I thought was cool was how Meg has apparently gotten addicted to magazines. Cowboys. Yeah, that was a nice, <laughs> little, that was a cute little touch. <laughs> yeah, I kept trying to look at the covers. I think it was, they were sort of meant to be kind of Kardashian kind of thing. Yeah, or... like kind of Us Weekly, those kind of. Yeah, people... It was a nice yeah. touch to give her also like kind of um like a human uh, more human side to her. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Do you uh do you think she's really on their side or is she up to something? I think uh, Meg's always on her own side. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Yeah. Whatever um, whatever 
benefits her at the time, that's the side she's on. Mm-hmm. I think she has learned that it's a better option to side with the Winchesters. You know, you always kind of want to be on the winning team. Mm-hmm. But um, she needs a call. End, yeah, in the end, Meg is on Meg's side, and I appreciate that about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is a demon, you know. It's good when demons are demons. <laughs> but, you know, we can't ever forget, you know, about, you know, when she possessed Sam, you know, and all the things she did then. And mm-hmm. That was yeah. all for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the way she was in season one. And, yeah, it's the same character. It's a different body, but same character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, again, Rachel Miner doing a very good job. She's different than Nikki Acox, and Nikki was wonderful, but um, she's got a very interesting, like, voice in reading for for uh, Meg. It's like a similar spirit to to the demon, but it's not the same as it was before. But it's enough for you. It's a, There's some continuity and, and consistency between them, so I, I like that. Now, what do you think about this version of Castiel we've got now? Very interesting. Uh, by the way, Beck, I, I got your text, and, and no worries. I, I... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, uh, Cass's character right now reminds me of a couple of different things. One is somebody who's had a severe brain injury and is, like, working – sort of working their way back as far as they can. Like maybe they'll never get past age 12 or 15. And it also reminds me of someone who has severe like post-traumatic stress disorder who who is like, like I, I can't deal with the reality of, you know, the things I've been through, the things I've seen, the things I've done. So I'm I'm just gonna sit and watch the honeybee, you know, and, and I don't like conflict and I don't fight anymore. And and there was one point where he was talking about himself in the, you know, like it's a third person. And so I that's what this reminds me of. And I wonder if he really has changed or if it's just a coping mechanism for what he's been through. Well, yeah, you know we. We did learn, first of all, that it's not actually Lucifer that was in yes. their mind. So I thought that was good. So I think that means that yeah, he, you know, he is pretty much, you know, damaged. Whether it's actual physical brain damage or a mental thing, I don't, you know, what I don't know. But I, you know, it made me feel really bad for Castiel. But I also mm-hmm. like this version too because it's kind of like a combination of the hippie Castiel mm-hmm. with regular Castiel, you know. Which I always mm-hmm. like to hit the cast. And he smiles a lot. This yeah. guy smiles, like, all the time. <laughs> and it's it's very interesting. I do. I feel very badly. The scene that just got me so so much was the scene uh, with Dean and him in the day room and Dean's trying to talk to him about all these serious issues and he's just avoiding and he holds up the game sorry instead of actually saying he's sorry. And it was just, it was very, very sad, that, that scene. And and Dean says, you know, you're, you're playing sorry. You know, you're not sorry, you're playing sorry. So I, and, you know, Ben Edlund, there's always like a million layers to things with him. You know, how much of this 
is are we supposed to take literally? Right. Did he, was he actually saying he was sorry, or was he? Mm-hmm. You know, it, was that the only way he knew to say sorry, or you know? Mhm. Yeah. Um, and and then he also says it took everything to get here. Does that mean he just used up every bit of power or whatever to get back to some kind of normal cast that could actually, you know, walk and talk and things? That was a very interesting line. And I was wondering, did just the fact that, you know, Sam and Dean, you know, broke open the word of God and that had to wake up um, Kevin, is that just the all it, was that what brought was that what woke him up and gave him his sense of the little bit of sanity that he has? Was it just that, or was it something mm-hmm. else? Yeah, did he said he heard a ping, something only angels mm-hmm. could hear. But right, yeah, that was boy. A lot happened in this episode because you know there were Leviathans. And we got Leviathans in this episode. Um, and I felt really bad when the two angels were killed by the Leviathan. I guess, no, I rock, what is it, rock, rock does caper? Okay. That's what he's... I, had a, I have a lot of questions about that scene. Okay. I was, I, I was very confused. One, when the, how, why did the angels bleed like Leviathans when Edgar killed them? You know, I I didn't think that because at first I was like, so were they not angels? Were they leviathans this whole time? I was confused because they bled mm-hmm. and everything like leviathans do. Mm-hmm. And so I I didn't get that part. And mm-hmm. then also, I really don't like the fact that leviathans can kill angels without even using the angel sword. Yeah, they just I don't like that. See, and I do like that from a storytelling point of view, that it shows the power dynamics. Mm-hmm. That even the even the angels have to fear the leviathans because for anybody else to kill an angel, you need an angel sword. Leviathans can just walk up and rip your inside and, out. And so, and from a storytelling point of view, I do like it. I don't like it on a you know mm-hmm. who you're going to kill, who you're going to hurt level. But I think from a storytelling mm-hmm. standpoint, it's a nice touch. Yeah, and did we know before it was God who locked away the Leviathans? Because they say it in this episode. God locked them well, away. Well, we knew. Well, I think I, you know, I think we kind of. It, it was never actually explicitly said, but it was just mm-hmm. kind of assumed cause since they were in purga- they were locked in purgatory this whole time, and mm-hmm. since the, you know, and there was that when we got that, like, history lesson on them, and they, they've been there, like, before everything else was put there, you know, before demons and everything, they were in purgatory first. Yeah, and the only thing that could handle them, apparently, was, was God. Because the angels, they must have known they were more powerful than the angels. And that is pretty, that is pretty amazing. And pretty worrisome, actually. <laughs> and we're starting to get the beginnings of this um, process that will be able to kill a Leviathan or all of the Leviathans with the, they need a bone of a righteous 
Well, from, mortal? From, what, from what Kevin wrote down and when Sam was reading it, it, it sounds like what it, what it you know, from the screen cap I, I read of that, so like it's it's saying basically, don't worry about killing all you know all the Leviathans. All you have to do is kill the main guy, is basically what it was saying. So it's basically saying if you mm-hmm. kill Dick Rowan, you kill them all. Mhm. Okay, so if they get Dick Rowan, everybody else will go at the same time. That's what and, it sounded like. Yeah, and it's the bone of a righteous mortal. Oh, I wonder what lucky person that will end up being. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a big question. Can it be a bone from someone who was righteous and is long dead? Does it have to be a living mortal the bone is taken from? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> because if you we've kinda of already counted out by the canon Sam and Dean being the righteous ones at this point. They, you know, previously could have filled that those shoes, but neither one really qualifies anymore. Mm-hmm. However, um, John Winchester's bones would qualify. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, according to all we, everything we learned after Dean came back from hell, the righteous man was mm. supposed to be John Winchester. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I would think along those lines, Bobby would count. But, I think, you know, yeah. Bobby and Jim, what did they oh, do yeah. with their ashes? You know, with their ashes and everything, Bobby and John, what did they do with them after, you know, they gave them the hunter's funeral? Mm-hmm. Um, and they... And that was another sad line for me when Castiel gives them the blood of the fallen angel that they need. He goes, oh, always happy to bleed for the Winchesters. I'm like, ouch. <laughs> you know, Sam and Dean keep being reminded of, you know, the stuff that, that they've done to people and then Cass has done. You know, they're all still trying to make up. I thought that was a nice scene between Sam and Cass where he was trying mm-hmm. to tell Cass kind of that he understood, you know, in a way that, you know, they doing doing bad things for good reasons and that they would try and make him better and then Cass is like, you know, what do you mean better? So he just feels like he is better. <laughs> and yeah, that that was yeah, cuz he doesn't think anything's wrong. And in yeah. that same in that same discussion though, one line I thought was hilarious from Castiel. He tells Sam, "You seem troubled. Of course, that's a primary aspect of your personality, so I sometimes ignore it." <laughs> yes, I love that line. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice reference back to emo Sam, you know that, that you know always you know worried over over everything. Um, and, I like that. And, and Castiel while he's sitting there, you notice he picks up like a piece of pottery, and he's like looking through the hole in the bottom of the pottery and everything. It's just <laughs> you know kind of sad but funny all at the same time. Yeah, and speaking of funny, when he they, he looks at the tablet and Sam is so serious and he expects him to read it and he goes, tree, fiddler crab, well, who knows, I can't read it. He goes, <laughs> crack me up. <laughs> oh, gosh. Does anybody know who was the actress who was playing Hester? Because she looks so familiar to me. Yeah, hmm. I, 
Whenever you recognize somebody and I don't, I always assume they were next files. It's just my default. Uh, yes. <laughs> it was, you know, she could definitely have been one of the Vancouver actors from X-Files. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Hester says, said a comment to Sam, a demon whore and a Winchester again. Nice little callback there. Yeah. And, they, they, and mm-hmm. I did like, you know, Meg going, no, 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 it's not like that. No. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah you know, apparently her and Castiel are flirting their, their little hearts out, but it's do not associate me with Winchester. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was oh. the fastest way to, to die, you know, is to be associated with a Winchester. In yeah, that especially way. Sam Winchester. You don't yes. want to live, sleep with Sam Winchester. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Poor Sam. Um, and I, I absolutely love that they're following through with the Meg Castiel thing. You know, ever since the mm-hmm. first episode where she met Castiel for the first time, which was Abandon All Hope in fifth season. And, you know, she flirted with him then, too. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I just love that they're keeping that going, you know, through the whole arc. Mm -hmm. And I like it because not only do I enjoy their chemistry, because I think they have a really good dynamic, uh, Misha and Rachel, but I also just like the idea of it, like a demon and an angel. I just like the Mm -hmm. idea of it a lot. Mm-hmm. Probably more than I should. And I think it's kind of cute how he was, you know, uh, Meg was basically saying, you know, Castiel's going to take my side over yours. You know, I'm the one that was here mm-hmm. taking care of him. You know, I and I really think that, you know, we know Castiel likes her. And I think she actually does like him, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, I like when he says, are you all right? Are you all right? He says to her and she goes, shut up. <laughs> and I love when she told him, you know, I don't like po- poetry, put up or shut up. That was yes. hilarious. <laughs> I did like that. Mm. You know, it, it was nice to see one of the angels that showed up with Hester actually remembered and was glad to see Castiel, Anaya's. Yeah, yeah. I like that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he survived. I'm glad the Leviathans didn't get him. I, I actually like him. He was, he was cute. He was a friend of Castiel. It's like, oh, good. <laughs> nice. And, and they said that they were telling Kevin about, you know, um, you know, being a prophet and, and angels and Leviathans are real. And, they, and Sam says, angels don't have wings. Well, yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. Do you, I, you know, because, you know, Dean saw them, you know, in the very first episode, he saw Castiel's wings, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, Lazarus Rising, and, you know, when they've died, you know, we've seen the shadows of their wings. So mm-hmm. I, and then also the whole thing about them being junkless. I don't get that. Because that was really out of, kind of out of nowhere. Cause I know Dean used to, you know, call Uriel junkless, you know, as an insult and everything. Mm-hmm. But we we know that Castiel is is inside Jimmy's vessel, and Jimmy is a man, <laughs> so he's not, and he well, has a yes. And not only that, you have the episode when Castiel was watching porn. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Clearly yes. not junkless from Dean's <laughs> point of view. This is true. So that's, I, that's, uh, 
The whole juggler um, thing makes no sense. I don't know if he was got, very, I didn't know if it was like a... Um, well, I, I think a, it's because... No continuity or like emotionally junkless. I think I think it's I think Sam and Dean Diener is being fairly is being specific to angels and literal because angels the actual angel you know my true form is the size of the Empire State Building they the angels do not but but I, the vessels do <laughs> so right I can they, see they that, you know the angels basically don't have a sex drive. So maybe that could be also saying the junkless part, I guess. I don't know, but the, mm-hmm. but calling him he calls him a Ken doll as well, and mm-hmm. which would insinuate that it's not there's even there. No- <laughs> yeah, I, it was a, it was a line that kind of really stuck out like a sore thumb. Maybe you go, what wait what? Yeah, I think he's just it's just an insult, like you say, somebody you know if they're if they're. Um, Cowardly, you say they don't have any balls, and I think it's just you know the vessels have it and the vessels react, but the angels, like an, an actual angel, does not. He doesn't need it. He's a different kind of being, and then it's it's kind of several different things. I don't think I can't believe we're discussing angel anatomy, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's normal to me. Okay. <laughs> well, this is definitely one of the weirder conversations that we've had. <laughs> Not to change from the weirdness, but the other line I thought was really weird was, although I love the way they played it, was the whole Metatron, that's a Transformer. What? No. Yes. Have, like, really? You don't know who the Metatron is? Really? Yes. I, 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 could, I could really understand that if the two roles had been reversed and it was Dean going at the Transformer. But having yes. Sam have the clip out about it. it was really weird. Mm-hmm. I completely agree because we know how much Sam has researched, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. And so with with you know the last few years with the whole angels deal and God, and you know he's seen mention of Metatron before. And so yeah, I I thought the same thing. They should have had Sam and Dean switched at that part because it just didn't make sense for Sam not to know who Metatron was. Hmm. Oh, and all and I kept hearing in my head was, "Behold, the Metatron." So like, dogma? Really never, yeah. So like, really, Sam's never seen Dogma even. Jeez. Because <laughs> I'm, um, I'm going to guarantee you that's where Dean learned it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, I'm so surprised to this day that they have not mentioned that movie in some point in the in the show. No, although I keep making references to it in my recaps because how do you not? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I kind of like that because as long as they don't use it, I can. <laughs> but one of my one of my favorite lines is is being so so deadpan with Sam. Pick up the word of God. <laughs> <laughs> I did that line delivery was really good. Yeah, it's like, you know, I'm going to go, you know, talk to Cass and Sam, pick up the word of God. <laughs> and it's also one of those that our lives are so weird kind of statements. Yeah, you just didn't even think twice about it. It's like, Sam, pick up the word of God. And I, I, I mentioned it to Osric. I I love seeing them from, like, another outsider point of view. 
And, you know, we, we're so used to them, you know, dealing with angels and leviathans and word of God and blood and, and all these spells. And then to have some poor kid, you know, whose most important thing was how well he was going to do on this, this test that <laughs> we could go to Princeton and playing his cello. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's thrown into all this. So I, I always am interested to be reminded of just how strange the Winchester's lives are and, and another person's point of view of it and the whole you know um like you mentioned the the sex torture dungeon <laughs> that was hilarious <laughs> uh, yeah is this this looks like a sex torture dungeon it, this is a sex torture dungeon <laughs> <laughs> and i like the way they block that scene to where dean's telling him no but he's holding a weapon you go yeah <laughs> you look creepy dude stop it yeah, <laughs> yeah. and he's just like also, no just do your homework. <laughs> what I liked, another thing I liked the way they played it was when you cut back to Kevin translating and transcribing and Dean seemingly asleep, my first thought was like, really, Dean? You're just going to sleep? Really? But the fact that he was fully aware of what was going on, even though his mm-hmm. eyes were closed, and how calmly that he just deals with Kevin. He doesn't try to console him, but he's not flippant with him either. It's very much a this is why mm-hmm. you fuck it up. It sucks, mm-hmm. I know it sucks. Yeah. Oh, and we have to talk about Cass hugging Sam and Dean, another strange part of this new personality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And him saying, I love you guys. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's just the way they react. They're just like, oh, okay, and they kind of pat him like, okay, okay, like that's enough. You know, this, this is awkward too weird. <laughs> Yeah, this is really awkward. Take a step back, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um. There, there was so much in this episode. It was, and remember, um, you know, we can talk to Guy about it next uh, next week if he's able to come on. But um, remember when he tweeted that picture where he was having um, research for his episode. And he had the script for this episode and the disc with episodes um, episodes on it from season five, four or five, season five. Five. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like, oh, you know, because it's been so long since we've really had a lot of angel stuff. So I have to say I am very happy to be getting back to the angel stuff. Yeah. I I like it, too. I like it, too. Um, and... And it, and it's perfect because of the Leviathans. It makes sense to bring them. Of course, they would know each other and have had to deal or not or whatever. So it makes perfect sense because they're even older than angels and to bring that part of, you know, history back. Amazing. Amazing how they just tie it all in. And... I'm really, really, the one thing, you know, there's a lot of things that I want. You know, now, first of all, you know, woohoo, we got an eighth season. Yes, which is awesome. Yay, oh, my God, yes. (laughs) I can't believe we didn't mention that, like, first thing. Oh, my God. I am really, really hoping that we finally find out what in the heck happened to Adam. They still, he's still stuck in hell. <laughs> yes. You used to worry about that. I constantly, every time you say it, I go, I go, Adam, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> yes, and and when he gets out of of the cage, when he gets out of hell, he's going to be really angry. Like, yeah, really, really I angry. Think so. <laughs> and, I mean, if we thought, you know, Sam was screwed up, you know, Catherine's going to be definitely screwed up after spending that much time down there. I know. Oh, the, the poor guy. Yeah, I, I hope we find out what happens to him. Um, I also thought it was another very funny, typical casting when um, Dean uses the angel sigil to send them away, also very cool, um, that Cass ends up in Perth, Australia at the dog track. He's I'm watching a lot of unhappy dogs going in a circle. <laughs> They're unhappy dogs. <laughs> and Big says are unhappy because the rabbit's fake. <laughs> that you could actually hear his, you know, hear his side of the conversation basically when, you know, where the camera's on Meg and everything, but you could hear him through the phone. You don't really mm-hmm. get that very often. I like that. Mm-hmm. What I also liked about that was the way Meg responds to what he's saying is very, very similar to the way someone caretakes for someone who is maybe not mentally 100% there. Uh-huh. But she she was a perfect caretaker in that sense where, you know, everyone else is getting frustrated. She's like, yes, yes, yes. Anyway, even though, you you know, she needs to get to the point, too, she's not overruling what he's saying. I like that. But, mm-hmm. but I just really like, I just really like that dynamic. And I have to um, thank SPN FTW, um, TFW, I always get them wrong, SPN TFW, Supernatural Team Free Will, they just tweeted the name of the um, actress who played Hester. She, Her name is Emily Holmes, and she's actually been in Supernatural before. I'm looking at her on IMDb. She was um, in the Christmas episode. Oh. Um, so, yeah, she was. Oh, she was very one. different in her IMDb picture, very different. And she was on Fringe. She was on Alcatraz. Um, See, Fringe, Battle that's Star why you know who she is. Battlestar Galactica, True Calling. She's basically been in everything I've ever watched. Um, <laughs> another one of my favorites. Um, Dark Angel. She. Oh, there we go. Okay, <laughs> I know her now. On Dark Angel, she, if you watched it, um, she was uh, Wendy White, um, the husband of the bad guy in the second season. She, He was her, um, you know, what's-his-face was his, She was the wife of the bad guy in the second season. Okay, yeah. Yeah, she's, so, yeah. she's busy. <laughs> she's been she does not look familiar to me at all. Oh, no wonder I recognize her. Yeah, she was in Stargate, which I remember, and... True Calling, also. Snakes on a Plane. Uh, <laughs> How funny! She's been in like so much, th- so many things that I watch, and I don't recognize her at all, including Supernatural. How weird! She was in the very first two episodes of Dead Zone, which was such an underrated show, such a good show. I agree. Yeah, I saw some of that. It was well done. I'm thinking of rewatching it this summer when I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> That's what summers are for. Waiting, just waiting for Helena's to be over. Dead Zone was one of the very few um, shows that my husband will watch with me. 
He doesn't watch many shows with me, but he he watched that one with me. Mm-hmm. That's cool. There's um, a picture yeah. on I'm with dark hair. She looks completely different with dark hair. Yes. Wow. She was born the year I graduated high school. I don't feel old at all. <laughs> oh. Hey. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, um, yeah. Going back to the episode, one of the other things I liked quite a bit is that Castiel wore his trench coat over his institutional Yeah. <laughs> that, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't decide if that was just really sad or if it was, you know, really cool. Because it's like, here mm-hmm. he's wearing I couldn't decide, you know. I mm-hmm. think I mean it was cool visual for us, but it was pretty heartbreaking because yeah. you kind of have to wonder like, is it a security blanket kind of thing? Is he just that cracked in the head, or does he just consider it, that his identity now? Yeah, it was kind of like a really good metaphor for what he's going through. You know, he's the same, but he's different, mm-hmm. and. So he's, you know, he's different, you know, wearing the hospital clothes, but he's the same with the trench coat over top of it. But I'd be curious to see why they, like, it was written that way. Because for also for us, it keeps us knowing who he is, which persona he is. Mm-hmm. You know, visually, yeah, right. anchor, it, it, visually it keeps us anchored to who he is. And uh, I I am glad that uh, Meg apparently had it cleaned for him because you know when um, when, he, when he got it back from Dean you know a couple, few episodes back it still had all the blood on it and everything from the Leviathan mess so it's, it's good to see it was cleaned. Well, she's a good yeah. demon. <laughs> she took good care of him. Oh, and I don't know how that reminded me just thinking of Meg when um, Sam and Dean first show up at the hospital and the uh, orderly or guy says, you know, tries to stop them and says, it's okay, Abel. And I thought it was interesting because it's Cain and Abel, you know. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was an interesting choice of name for in the episode. And we also got Detective Collins. I wonder if that's a tip to Nisha. <laughs> oh, bit. I didn't catch Which is very yeah. possible because going back to season two, we did have Dr. Kripke, so... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so very, very, very. Don't leave any stone unturned. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, you ben, know. Uh, I was going to mention something different. Go ahead. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> Benito Martinez showing back up as Edgar. I had completely forgotten about him. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, it's like. I'd forgotten he was around and he was a Leviathan and everything. We've been so set on Dick Roman, you know, I completely forgot about Edgar. About the henchman. And he's pretty much second in command. Right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I did like when he said, it's hard, you know, he said something about he hard to believe somebody would actually choose to go by the name Dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of... Uh, hate to say this so much. There's a lot of dick jokes in this episode, too. Um, you know, you have, what does Dean say? Something about getting dick. I don't know. I can't remember the exact line. But there's about three different dick jokes. And I was like, 
Which it is and interesting that nobody calls Dick Richard. They all do. Everybody, he goes by Dick. Everyone calls him Dick. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't he take over the actual Dick Roman? Yeah. So, right. So, but, I mean, so if he's you known know, when you're, as When you're Dick, you can go by either one. You could suddenly say, I could suddenly mm-hmm. say, you know what? Let's go ahead and start calling me Vanessa. Mm-hmm. That's my legal name. So he could have easily gone, you know what, let's not call me Dick anymore. <laughs> but no, no, he's still going to go with it. Yeah, I don't know. He Maybe he just enjoys it. <laughs> Who knows? Um, is Ben Edlin coming back next year? I would think so. It's just I went back to look at the, the press release that, you know, we put you posted on Winchester Bros, and it says, uh, executive producers Mick G and Robert Singer, Jeremy Carver, and Phil Segresha. Maybe because he's not an exec producer, I would imagine. Yeah, but I hope so. Well. I, I hope so because yeah. I, I will miss him very much if he's leaving. I mean, don't go. Yeah. Ben. I would. I wouldn't see why he would. You know, it's been over forty episodes that he's been involved with. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I'm sure there's still plenty of bizarre ideas, you know, spinning around in that brain. So I'm, <laughs> I don't think he's run out of yeah. ideas. I think yet. I think his title this season has been consulting producer. So mm-hmm. that's probably why. Okay. And just to remind me, I said, wait, I don't see him in that list. I I hope he's coming back. I enjoy his writing and his directing. Were, um, did any of y'all get flashbacks seeing that um, 18-wheeler on that um, back road? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, Devil's Trap was just on TNT yesterday, so mm-hmm. it's like, uh, this isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's never good when there's a tractor trailer in, in Supernatural. It's <laughs> never a good thing. And that's the second one this season. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, right. Uh, the other one hit hit Sam, or almost yep. hit Sam as he was right. well, then we falling also, asleep. And, and then uh, last year we had, uh, there, you know, 18-wheeler when um, – Eve, mother of all, when she got in the 18-wheeler with that one truck driver and infected him with the con worm. Mm, there was also, yeah. oh, my God, I can't remember the name of the episode, and I hate that I'm blanking. Um, I'll come back to it because <laughs> I can't even get my words out about it. Oh, my God, it's <laughs> like I can visualize it I can see it in my head. <laughs> what kind of, describe it. <laughs> what kind of sizzles do you think they were putting on the house? Because you know, Castiel specifically told him not to put banishing ones up, or else he would disappear. What kind of, you know, was it just to make them invisible from the angels? Kind of like what was on their ribs, you think? Or I think so because Hester and they were able to get in. Mm-hmm. I really like Meg's necklace. Mm. I wonder if it was Adventures in Babysitting. That's the episode I was thinking of. 
Oh, okay. It's at a truck. It's at a truck stop. Oh yes, yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. Um, uh, Megan Ori from Red Riding Hood. She was at that truck stop there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Big Briggs, not a good thing on Supernatural. No. <laughs> yeah. Very bad point. No, no, no. Bad, bad omen. <laughs> Very bad. So you know. I guess they don't, it's kind of hard, but, you know, it's like, how come Sam and Dean didn't, like, use a tractor trailer to cross country? Like, why don't they steal one, you know? They could sleep in the back. Well, well, yeah, so does the Impala. (laughs) So does their others, but there's, like, other advantages. (laughs) Not as as inconspicuous. Very difficult to just pull up to somebody's house to question them as an FBI agent when you step out of an 18 dollar. <laughs> well, that's true. But I was thinking, like, when they go cross-country, too, you know, it's like, you know, like, park it somewhere and then, like, steal a car to drive around the town and then just move on. You know, it's like, what's more, you know, less uh, conspicuous than, you know, like a cross-country tr- truck driver, you know, that you need to hide for a little while and, you know, think of the stuff you could carry in the back. And you could keep the car in the back. It could be like Night Rider. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I um, but I did like that this episode pretty much addressed like anything you could kind of go. Wait, what about what about like you know you can't then go. Well, what about Bobby? Early on, they said no. Mm-hmm. His batteries are drained. They, yeah, I like that they they addressed the Bobby thing right at the beginning. You know, he was there, just you know he you know his batteries were run down from dealing with Dick Roman so he didn't have the power to manifest. Or even be of much assistance. Right, right. So I mm-hmm. like that that was addressed early on so you know you can't come back later and go, well, why didn't you just have Bobby's ghost do this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you also have it with, you know, they basically explained everything mm-hmm. very upfront and... You know, which is a testament to, you know, the fact that they know that we're going to pick everything apart. Yeah. And we didn't see Dick Roman, but we heard from him. Or someone mm-hmm. didn't. He just mentioned. He's... So, yep. They covered all the bases. Yeah. Definitely kudos to Ben Edmund on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if... This kind of cast is permanent. Maybe just like this Castiel we're going to have from now on, as long as cast is on. We're hoping for season eight that he'll be on, but you know who knows. Well, Jim Michaels today he had a panel at the Rio convention, and he said that Misha's going to be on back for season eight. Well, that's good. But as we know, he's lied before. <laughs> you know, with, well, you this know, is true. <laughs> you know, not in a bad way. You know, just to, you know, because he's not. Mm-hmm. You know, he likes to tease the fans. I'm not saying anything bad about Jim because we love Jim. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so you know, take it with a grain of salt. But he did tell the Rio fans that Misha would mm-hmm. be back. And again, he's yeah. also saying, and this is what they did for season six, going into seven. Very careful to say Misha will be back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They never said cast, it was Misha. And 
we could get Misha back next season, but we don't know in what incarnation he could be. I really, really like, I really like this Castiel, so I hope he stays at least in this this condition for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't talk about the pull my finger. <laughs> okay, was that was he actually doing what pull my finger actually does and causing the lights to go out, or or was he just causing the lights to go out? <laughs> You know, I never, I never thought of that angle. I yeah, I did. Sort of an, I didn't. An angelic version, you know, where you do that and something <laughs> crazy happens, not the normal. Well, you could tell Dean was thinking it, though. Because I was wondering if, you know, the angelic version of pulling my finger, you know, if it actually does cause the gastrointestinal outcome. <laughs> <Stress>. <laughs> but but with an angel, it also causes, it's so huge, it causes the lights to go out. Or did it just cause the lights to go out? That's where my mind went with that. <laughs> Becky, that is the funniest thing ever. <laughs> I I did not think that, but I suppose. But was, in, was he, well, okay, was he facing the right way for that sort of thing to happen? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, We've had some crazy conversations tonight. <laughs> yes. Yes, we have. I can make it. I can continue the crazy with um, Misha's, not Misha, sorry, uh, Castile's continued sort of odd conversation topic choices with, you know, a cat's penis is um, barbed. <laughs> and I know for, I happen to know for a fact the female was not consulted about that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally true, by the way. That's a true fact about a male cat. I to know that. It's even weirder that I happen to know that. Sorry. <laughs> so I like that the I like that, that conversation insinuated that Castiel was basically around when cats were created. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh um felt bad for the girls. <laughs> for the girl kitties. <laughs> right, right. Mhm. Yeah, but that was you know, that was hilarious though about the pull my finger. I just thought that it was like an angelic joke, you know, uh, just like, look what happens. It's like meant to be such kind of a um, kind of a crude joke, but then it has an angelic reaction of, you know, shattering the lights and because like, it's just some sort of power coming out or, some, or coming out or something like that. I don't know. It was just odd. Ben Edlin for sure, but hmm. Well, have we discussed everything in this episode? I think so. I think so. <laughs> it's kind of an odd way to finish our episode discussion. Seems <laughs> <laughs> normal to me. Oh, or no, no. It's not classy. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I, I agree. And, well, um, yeah, it, it was quite a time tonight between Osric and all his interesting, fun stories. And, and uh, he was a great guest. I had fun talking to him. 
I really appreciate him calling in and being such a good guest. He's he's a really great guy. I'd like to have him on again. He's really good. Mm -hmm. And the first one to to have a question for us. Yeah, Yeah. that was really cool. Yeah. Um, Very cool. And then we got our fantastic news this week. Season 8 is a definite go. And the early renewal announcement, a little bit early up front, sir, I think, like the 17th for the CW, a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to know. I've been I've been so lucky this year. Fringe and Supernatural both renewed. And then I love The Finder. Not many people watch that show, but I love The Finder. And now because mm-hmm. I was so lucky with Supernatural and Fringe getting renewed, I'm scared to death that means The Finder is going to be canceled. Oh, uh-huh. That's awfully optimistic of you. So, give a shout out to everybody at 8 o'clock before Supernatural comes on. Watch Finder. It's a good show. It's a fun show. You know, I... Yeah. To kind of continue in the CW renewals, I I hope um, uh, Nikita, you know, comes back. Because I, I, you know, that's another one that's really good, but unfortunately doesn't have as big an audience. And I can recommend that show. It's not supernatural for me, but it's really well done. <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> so I tried it when it first came on, and Vinny mm-hmm. uh, and I, Vinny and I have talked about this before. I was hoping it, I would like it because I was hoping it'd be kind of like Alias, but then. Mm. I, after like two episodes, I got kind of bored. But I've heard so many good things about it here in the last few months mm-hmm. that I'm going to have to try it again. It's really good. Um, it um, they do a, a really good job of acknowledging the, the the original movie, the French original movie, like the whole where the whole, whole storyline came from, because they had they had the French original, they had an American movie, then they had a, a Canadian-made um, TV series, which was also very popular, and then now there's uh, this one. But they're putting their own spin on it and doing a great job. It's really well acted. It's one of those where you have to watch a little while to get into. It's it's not a show where you're going to watch the pilot and go, oh, my God, I, I love this and jump right in. Maybe some people did, but it grows on you because it kind of intricate and you know if you and it just takes a little bit to get going and find its place but I I really like it and it does seem really really serious but I I, they do end up like working some humor in and um, there's lots of twists and turns in it and some really good characters so yeah it's it's good maybe this summer when you're when you're bored (laughs) There you go. After you watch, after you watch the Dead Zone, <laughs> give Nikita a try. Sounds like a yeah. plan. Yeah. Nikita, you know something I'm gonna have to try because I kept trying to jump into it with Brendan Fair guest starring on it because that was all I cared about. That didn't work for me, but you know I was coming into it pretty cold and just not knowing what was going on. It's the it's a show that has such it has a it has a very deliberate storyline. It's one of those where it would be really hard to just like go, oh, Brendan's on this episode. And by the way, I'm a huge Brendan Fair fan. 
I didn't know you were. <laughs> oh, uh, fan is kind of, mm, obsessed sometimes, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, uh, Brendan and I, we, you know, uh, well, I don't, I've never met him, but um, we go back to Roswell. <laughs> exactly, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the original. He's pretty much my favorite Canadian, so. <laughs> yeah, he's I loved him on he's Roswell. Great. I haven't watched much of anything else he was on, but I loved him on Roswell. Yeah, he is my he is my favorite Canadian actor. Have you seen a lot of his stuff? Because my very favorite, um, I love Roswell the best, probably his TV show. But my favorite movie he's ever done is Sugar. Yes, really, really, really great movie. Really great. I've movie. heard a lot of things about that movie, but I've never seen it. It's um. It's a uh, it's a little risque, but it's really good actually. Yeah, it's not for the faint of heart, you know. And he puts on a great performance. He got nominated for a Genesis Award for it, which I think mm-hmm. is like Canadian Oscar. Yeah, yeah, he's he's terrific. He was in the Kita uh, last night as well. He had a follow up. He was in Bones as uh, Booth's brother, yeah, yeah, Jared. Yeah, I, I watched him on Bones. Yeah, and he kind of fine? forgot about him. Well, that's- <laughs> Going back to the Finder, the Finder is a spinoff of Bones, so <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. Yes. Yep. Yes, I remember so. the. Pre- I, okay, now I know what show you meant. The premise didn't appeal to me. I've never seen an episode. It was just the premise itself didn't appeal. Mm-hmm. Michael Michael C. Duncan and Jeff Stoltz are awesome on the Finder. Highly recommend <laughs> it. Everybody watch it. I don't want to cancel. <laughs> oh gosh. So, anyway, yeah, Nikita, too. Yeah, Brennan was on there a couple of times. But they have a very complex, continuing storyline. So, yeah, it's it's best if you can watch it from the beginning. And there's, they tell a lot of backstory sometimes in flashbacks. And yeah, so, yeah, I recommend that one, too. I started watching The Vampire Diaries as well, which I'm enjoying a lot more than I thought I would. <laughs> so, that's going to be my summer I'm bored. What can I watch? <laughs> I'm like, I, 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 gave up, season. I gave up mid-season one. That, that, that didn't work for me. Oh, it's one of those where if you got past like the first five or six episodes when it really started rolling, I'm like, yes. You know, I finally got to a point where it was, I can't wait to watch the next episode. And the first few were, were like, okay, I trust my friends who told me I need to keep going. Okay. And then it just, I, it caught. I went, oh, now I know what they're talking about. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it very much. Um, do have one announcement. Uh, we'll be making a post about this on the website as well. But for anybody listening, you kind of get the, the insider view. Uh, there is a company called West Coast Wagons. Uh, West Coast Wagons does custom children's wagons. They are... Uh, helping to continue the St. Jude uh, donation kind of thing that we were doing. What they'll be doing is any order that is made by an SPN fan to donate to St. Jude uh, will receive $100 off the order. There's no tax and no shipping also. Um, And these are wagons that are not only tricked out uh, with decoration, but they also have IV... uh, IV pole holders as well. Special um, place to hold the IV pole and the kids get to ride in the wagons. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. 
so they do have that. There's also going to be able, you'll also be able to um, kind of customize it as far as names, or they can put up to four names on it. So it's uh, westcoastwagons.com. More information will be on the website later. Um, but the promo code they're, they're using is SAM. And again, it's $100 <laughs> off, and free shipping, and free uh, and no tax. So they are slightly pricey. It comes up to about $350 on the average. That's with the discount. But they go to a good cause, and you can kind of get maybe a couple friends together and, and get one uh, donated to so uh, be on the lookout for that post, and it's something that they'll be doing all the way until uh, Thomas Colton's first birthday. So you've got time. <laughs> they they um, they um, first came up to us at the Bur- Burbank convention and talked to Vinny and me about it, and they're great people. And they're seeing pictures of the wagons, and they're really really neat, cool little wagons. And, yeah, it's a great thing to donate to St. Jude's for the kids there. So, yeah, I highly recommend them. Cool. It's a very good thing. Any other news or things? Um, Random Acts and Misha, they're still putting together their team for going back to Haiti this June to continue working on the um, center. I Sorry, I don't have the details, but exactly we're doing Jack- children's center, community Jack- center. Mm-hmm. Jack- what? Oh, yeah. They will be going back in June. Mm-hmm. They're taking Colin Ferguson with them this time from Eureka, <laughs> along with Misha and their team. So that's a awesome thing to support. And other than that, I can't think of any news. The big news this week is the renewal, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I guess that's it. We had a wild and crazy podcast tonight <laughs> between uh, talking to Osric and all our crazy discussion. Well, it's only suitable because Ben Edlin was the writer and director on this. Uh, two more episodes this season. Uh, next week is... Episode 22, and the one after that, 23. We get one extra, but that's it for season seven, and then we'll be most, most likely oh. back on a cliffhanger of some sort and have to wait till September. Hmm. And Jim Michaels did mention today also at the Rio convention that season eight would have 24 episodes. Oh, nice. Cool. And uh, someone figured out that the season premiere uh, episode number for the eighth season is 150, so that's a big number. Also, very cool. Very cool. And I guess that's it. Uh, happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. <laughs> Yesterday <laughs> was May the 4th. Be with you. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that. And that's coming from someone who's never seen Star Wars, but that was super cute. Oh, my God. Today is Revenge of the Fifth. That's right. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) That's a great one. (laughs) And uh, just a little reminder, just a little reminder to everybody, next Sunday is Mother's Day. Don't forget your mom. Don't forget your grandmother. Um, So. I guarantee my own kids will, my own kids will forget me, so. (laughs) Aw. (laughs) Well, I I have no kids. I have a kitty. (laughs) Anyway, I guess that's it, you guys. 
great fun tonight. Oh. Um, oh, bye, Becky. Becky was lost. <laughs> oh, okay. I think right, she well, disappeared. I think it must have hung up on her. And that's it. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, you can find us blogtalkradio.com slash Media Boulevard. There she's back again. Becky, you, you left. <laughs> uh, my phone just decided you've talked enough. I actually was just saying like where people could find us uh, one last time uh, blogtalkradio.com slash media boulevard winchesterbros.com click on the Winchester Radio icon you can find us on Twitter and Facebook Winchester Bros you can uh, subscribe and download us through iTunes Uh, thank you very much to everybody for uh, listening we really appreciate it hope you enjoyed and we'll talk to you next week Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Good night.